Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Grow a Fanbase podcast. I have a really fun guest with me today. Um, he's, in fact, the man, myth, and legend. Uh, if you live in or around the Raleigh area, you probably follow his accounts, um, a satirical account uh, called Inside the Beltline. He runs a Twitter account, William Needmore Finley the Fourth. So I have Seth Prosno, and I'm sorry if I just ruined it for everybody who has no idea that William is not actually a real person. It's a fake, made-up uh, name ran by Seth. Um, how are you, man? Doing well. How are you? Oh, I am phenomenal. Thank you for taking time out of entertaining uh, the Beltline to be on this podcast today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So let's go to back to like the original roots of what made you start a multiple accounts around making fun of basically where you grew up. Yeah. So I remember it being around like 2006 or seven and I was a big fan of like the daily show, the Colbert report and that kind of humor that like sort of satirical news humor. And the onion, like it used to just be yeah. so hilarious to me. And um, I started seeing on the news, it'd be like, hey, we've got a blogger here uh, covering the convention, like the, the election. And instead of like a, a real news person, they're like, well, we're going to throw it to the blogger to get. I'm like, what, the, what is a blogger? Like, like you're, <laughs> this person's on television now. It's 2006. Where's your like expert? You're just giving a yeah. blogger. And like, what is that? And so I look into it, I'm like, wait, so anyone can start a blog? I was like, all right, well, if I started one, what, what would I do? I'm like, I love this satire angle. And I just was like getting out of college and we're all in our like first out of college jobs. And to me, I'm like, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing. But then everybody around you acts like they've got it all figured out. And I'm like, we're still 22. Like, That's don't right. pretend. Yeah. You're an adult. Let's not pretend we all yeah. have it figured out. Yeah. And so I just thought like, I guess I'll just make up this blog about Rob. Like how funny to me would it be instead of like, I'm a blogger, maybe I'll make it to covering the the election. It's just like, we're only going to talk about Raleigh and just like mm -hmm. stuff about some sort of privileged trust fund kid. And I, the thing is, I, I was born in Raleigh, moved away when I was one until I, I came back when I was 10. So I missed all of that, like, this is the preschool you go to, and this is the thing you do. And so I think seeing that and seeing how during my, like, middle school, high school, I was just friends with everybody. And and some people would, like, you know, their mom, I'd like, well, we don't, we need to live IT. And, like, they really cared about it. And I was like, oh, so this is a thing to some people. So let's uh, i hate to interrupt you let's define like if for those that don't live in raleigh that are listening to this right like there is much like most cities right there's a highway that goes around sort of downtown and that is called the beltline right and so there's two different beltlines right uh yeah. and then there's um the regular like beltline and then there's like 540 but the regular beltline if you lived inside of the beltline there is this sort of stipulation preconceived notion right that your trust fund baby loaded everyone yeah. has the brand new tahoe you got to go to the right school the right stickers on the back of the tahoe yeah. like 
right? There's a stigma to living inside the Beltline. Yeah, exactly. And there's one everywhere, right? There's one in Charlotte. There's one in Atlanta. There's one in yep. like it's if if it's a city of a certain size, like you have this sort of like oh, where that's where the old money lives, or that's where the yep. people who can afford it. And so, um, so yeah, I just thought like, well, let's make fun of that, and let's make fun of the people that care about that. And so it really did start. I can't even remember what the very first post was, but it was a group effort. So I came up with the idea and, and the name, and then we would just send emails, like friends from Raleigh, friends that I met at NC State, and they were all just funny people. And they we would just like write a story or write a blog, and then I would publish it, and we would just like giggle, you know, like oh this is funny, yeah. And uh, that was a really funny thing Andrew said, or that was funny thing so and so. And so like, that was all I wanted to do. Um, but I'm like, I, I don't even think you can make money doing this. So I'm going to just keep doing my like normal job. And I never Which, thought- what were, you, what were you doing? What was your normal job? I was doing marketing at a engineering research center. So it was like business development and marketing for this big grant that that a group at NC State had won and they won a 10 year research project and it was all about like solar power, renewable energy and like making that work with the power grid. And so I had no idea what any of that was. I had to learn all of it on the job <laughs> and learn like what gallium nitride is and silicon carbide. Like don't know what they are. I can just sort I, of say Yeah, them. you just lost and, me. It, yeah. You just lost me. And so I, I basically <laughs> was just like, handling all of the stuff because these were engineers right and then i would go work with like the the industry people and say hey give us more money and then you have access to the students or all the benefits and all that stuff so i was just doing that full time and then on the side you know you just write this stuff and this was before twitter before any of the social media so it was just kind of fun and you'd spend like a week coming up with this stuff like an hour here 30 minutes there and you'd write this 3000 word blog post um and publish like one every other week or something there was no like regular game yeah. or we're gonna be a the onion it was just something funny to do um and then I, nobody knew who i was i was like very anonymous i didn't tell like it was just a very close circle of people that knew um and then it started to, to spread and somebody emailed me like an email chain of this group of people talking about like like i talked about this bar we'd always go to called nelson's and, and fosters and somebody that managed that property was like see what kind of press nelson's is getting and i just like saw all the people who had like forwarded it because the vlogs were like this is why we love this place you do all these drugs and blah, blah blah it's like i've never done drugs so it's just like it was truly a character and like uh and that was it. And it was funny. And so I was like, yeah. oh, this person sent this to me and they live in Atlanta. So that's kind of crazy. <laughs> like, That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just thought. And so they hadn't, but they had no idea that it was you, right? Like, so they're sending exactly. it to you going, hey, did you see this about your town? And you're kind of like, oh my gosh, I wrote that or came up with that idea. Yeah. And then was that sort of the, did you want to stay anonymous? Like, or was that just... I think I would have preferred to stay anonymous because it was the last thing I want is for anybody to go back and look at any of that early stuff and be like, Oh, he kind of means this, or this is based on the truth. Cause yeah. it was just like horrible. 
you know, like this, it was like, it was like if you were a, a character on It's Always Sunny, that was like another yeah. huge inspiration. I love that show. Love Arrested Development. It was just like, you are writing a character. You are not this person. Um, yeah. And then what eventually happened is like, people did finally start figuring it out, but they were still, everybody was like, it's like once they knew they, they were still like, we're going to keep, we're in on it. Yeah. And we're keep it quiet, you know? And, um, and I did it for, I don't know, a couple years. Um, and, and tried to start writing more. And then eventually, you know, Twitter comes on the scene and I'm like, well, I guess, I guess I should tweet from this character. And, and like, I didn't even think like, Oh, well now we have to make a, a Twitter for my brand. Like, cause there was no brand. There was no like ITV insider existed, but I didn't run out and set up like the ITV insider account. It was just like, oh, William and Finley should have a Twitter, and then Instagram comes around. Oh, William and Finley should have an Instagram. Like, and what would what would this person do? Yeah, what would that person post and talk yeah. about, and where would they go? Yeah, yeah. And so that was it. And like, I just thought, oh, these are funny things to like to do to me. Like, like in in my opinion, this was funny to do. And then um, I would take breaks too. That was the thing. I would do it for a while, and then I wouldn't post anything for like a year. Or two. Why was and, that? You, at least for the blogs, it got to be too much. Like, because everything was a 3,000 word. Like, you, you yeah. can't write anything that's that long anymore. Yeah. So it, yeah just no was, it was too much. And, um, you know, I wasn't like making money off of it or anything. So I'm like, I'm not going to be doing my normal job and then like staying up till three in the morning writing a blog post about something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I just got tired of it. And I think I, I think throughout it all though, I still would be like tweeting because I'm like, this is so much easier. You know, you just tweet something dumb and then you know, 140 they, characters and it catches on. And yeah. so and, yeah. you basically I mean, really built up this character. Cause like when I first moved back here, I started following it. And I'll be honest with you, for like a while, I was like, this month, this is like a real person. Like I thought William was an actual person. And I'm like, who is this guy? Just the shenanigans that this person is posting about. Like this guy must really hate where he's coming from or came from. But then like, I think it was, um, it might've been Derek minor, uh, shout out Derek minor. Yeah. And I think it was like me, you, and I don't remember if Jake was there or not, but I remember Holderness was there. And we went to the old Benelux and grabbed, um, it was like the start of kind of like a Friday morning coffee. Yeah. And it was like, year, man, this was probably a decade ago. And we all sat down and Derek was there. And I think, uh, you know, Penn was there and just like, and then I remember, I think it was the first time I met you and I was like, oh, what do you do? And you're like, oh, you know, well, I run the William, you know, Need More Finley account. And I'm like, that's you? So props to like pulling it off. And I mean, again, like I said, like, I feel like people who probably loaded up this podcast and I said who you were are probably like, oh my goodness, it's not a real person. <laughs> um, so, but did you ever monetize the accounts oh, for the longest time i didn't i mean it wasn't until like at one point i sold um some t-shirts while i was still like you know i had my full-time job and i sold some t-shirts that were like a parody of the masters um and i got a cease and desist from the masters which was really awesome. mm -hmm. um did you keep selling them 
No, I got really scared and took him. I'm like always afraid to get sued. So I. But wasn't there, there was an attorney that you were friends with that you would always shout out, right? So that was Stacy Miller. And this was before I had gone full time. Like once I went full time with it, I bumped into Stacy. He and I were neighbors growing up. His house was behind my parents' house. And he's like, What are you up to now? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try to do this writing thing. He's like, What do you do? I'm like, it was ITB. He's like, that's you? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, I'll, I'll advertise or whatever. And so like he um, was, I think, one of the first people. He might have been the first to to like just write a check. He's like, oh, for the year, I'll just write it out for the whole year. I was like, sounds good. So yeah, like, well, great. Yeah. Didn't know you could do that. And yeah. um, Is so, this going to clear? Because yes. do I need to go like right now and deposit this check? But I also went. Well, I guess I have to do this for a year. Like, oh, that's a good, yeah, plan. you just absolutely got committed to doing it. Yeah. So I had no plan to do it. Like I really had just quit my previous job. Cause at that point I, I went on to do a, a program called the Chancellor's Innovation Fund at NC State. And I did that for about okay. two years. And um, that was like within the first week of starting that job, the master sent me a cease and desist letter. And I was like, oh my God, I'm, am I going to get fired? Like what's going to happen? Um. But, but it's a good thing your first yeah. sponsor was an attorney. Yes, exactly. He he has been. Uh, and I think helpful. what I remember that you did really well was that you would work in natively, like mentioning his you know name and like you. It wasn't like hey, this blog is sponsored by Stacy Miller. It was like hey, I'm gonna have to call my attorney. Stacy Miller to see if like this cease and desist from the masters is like legit. So you would work in the mentions and the brand recognition for your sponsors. And I feel like at least I took it as like just naturally reading your content as if you were having a conversation and yeah. you're going to like include Stacy in it. And it just yeah. felt very authentic is yeah, what I remember. It really was. And there's only a few people that you can do that with. Like, with this character and like i'm calling my dad i I can't we need to sue you know all this sort of like tropes of what that is yep like you you have to have a lawyer you know you have to have a like movie star looking attorney that that you can call in and so like that's you can just work that like i didn't get a parking spot at village deli like class action lawsuit stacy like let's do it (laughs) you know like so that's so easy and you know, we would work in seaboard wine a lot. It's just like stereotype of ITB moms drinking yep. rosé at 9 a.m. Yep. Like, that's easy. like, I don't think I could have done it if I was like, check out this plumber, you know, like, it's like, yeah. Mm. So, so you, you picked, you picked companies or services, brands, retailers, stuff like that, that actually would fit the persona of ITB and yeah. sort of at their somewhat expense, like made fun of their clientele, but actually probably then drove business to their business because you're literally making fun of people that shop at their shop. Yeah. But yeah. they still embrace it and they go, well, yeah, I will drink rosé at five <laughs> in the afternoon or in the morning, you know, as I'm walking around Cameron Village. Yeah. Like, and they accept it and they, yeah, dude, that's amazingly, uh, just genius of and you. I thank you for that. Cause I don't think I knew I was doing that or planned it. It just sort of happened. And, uh, I think that like, 
um, yeah, it just, it just sort of happened. I never set out to be like, this is the plan, you know, yeah. this would do. And you're like, I'm doing stuff and then like stuff would happen. So, so I think this is episode three of this podcast and, um, from what I'm uncovering, so the first guy that I had on, big YouTube guy, unboxes sneakers. Well, you're you're a sneaker guy, right? Like you're oh, wow. yeah. for these just just oh all the concords. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, and you know, when I asked him, I said, What was your strategy? And he was like, There was no strategy. It literally was creating good content and the rest took care of itself. And I feel like just um it just naturally seems to happen when you start you know this is metaphorically speaking putting pen to paper and you just start producing stuff content blogs tweeting and stuff just seems to fall into place because as you do it more you notice patterns or you notice what works what doesn't work um, and you can't really, and I think this is for the people that like sit on the sidelines and go, okay, I don't even know where to begin. Like, do I have to have all of it roadmapped from day one and have this big strategic vision and long-term plan? Not really. You can, but we all know the minute you write a marketing plan or a business plan and you print it out on paper, it becomes obsolete. Right? So I think what I'm learning through interviewing people is, just start doing it and the rest will sort of fall into place as you go. Cause you'll figure it out along the way. Exactly. And I think there's, I don't know if we want to talk about like lessons learned now or later, but there sure. is, there is Dive like, in. Let's do it. Um, one thing that so many people told me when I started, cause like people like Justin Miller, right. He was like a real entrepreneur who like built a product. Like I, yeah. I still, when I, did this on my own. I wasn't like, you're going to build a media company. I was like, I have six months until I have to find a job, you know, like, <laughs> like I'm going to write and then I have like, to move out of my mom's house. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Like, or move into my mom's house. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Back into oh, with mom. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. Hold on. You just threw it, man. He would be a good guest. I have yeah. like, I haven't thought of Justin Miller in a long time. He's great. Um, I need to well, reach out to him. Morning. He would be a great guest. Yeah. Wed picks. Yeah. Um, and that was another thing. So I've give, given talks before and the theme that I kind of stumbled on, I didn't, like you said, I didn't sit down. I'm like, this is what the theme is. Like, is just everything for me starts as a joke or who, what am I making fun of? Right. So yep. like, I'm making fun of bloggers. I should start a blog. <laughs> I'm making fun of like, what? I looked at these things and I just thought like, um, you know, what is blogging? I'm going to make fun of that. Like, and then Twitter comes along and you're like, what is Twitter? Like, why would anyone do this? I'm going to make fun of this, which probably is like a therapist would probably have a field day with that. But like, <laughs> I just thought, I don't understand. Okay. I'm going to make fun of the thing, either the platform yep. or someone on it or, or whatever. And, um, and so, yeah, it all generally starts as a joke and, um, I forgot where I was going with that though. Uh, not having a plan. Oh yeah. Not having a plan. Much like that statement you were going down. You really yeah. didn't have a plan of where yeah. you were going. Yeah. And yeah. Um, but you get without a plan. Like I, I, I didn't know where I was going. So I did everything, but I would talk to people like Justin Miller who had done 
actual like launched a company and they would all say you have to like have balance you cannot work constantly you have to take your weekends off like don't don't work on the week and i'd be like okay i get it you know but like i'm a single guy this is i don't have kids i wasn't dating anybody at the time i'm like this is going to be all i do and i'm fine with that so that's that and and i are you dating somebody now I'm just in case anybody's interested in. Yeah, I am. So, uh, so, um, yeah, I just thought like, oh, that's good advice, Justin, but I'm not going to listen. Like, you know, I'm still going to wake up. Like to me, I thought if you have to be on performing on, on the internet from Monday to Friday, Saturday and Sunday, people are out doing stuff. They're not looking at, you know, the reason I think Twitter blew up so much is people are at work. Going, yeah, I got this second screen up. I'm gonna yep. like engage in this. Yep. And so by Saturday, Sunday, I'd be like, oh, I can relax and look at data. I can look at the analytics. I yeah. can do a media kit. And it was so like nice. And I remember sending Justin and like Anthony Pompliano. Like, yep. I would send them oh, there's over. another man. You're like old school in it here. I yeah. forgot, man. I need to ask him too. Yeah, he's he's he, done much he's more big than time. I He's, um, he's, I don't even think he would answer my phone call now. Yeah. He's big time. Oh, Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would send them my little, like, what do you think of this? Is this good enough engagement? Is this blah, blah, blah. And like, they, you know, but my whole point is I was doing that on Saturday and Sunday and yep. I was like working too much and then it just got out of control and then you, you burn out. You can't not burn out when you do that. Yeah. You can think I'm going to dedicate myself to this. It doesn't matter. Two years, three years, whatever it is, you're going to hit a wall. You got to have a balance, right? I mean, and I think anybody would tell you that and like a solo entrepreneur or a founder, CEO, content creator. I mean, yes, if you, it's just like if you worked out eight days or eight hours a day, every single day, eventually you're going to hit a wall, right? So it's all about balance, making sure, um, because your mind also needs that freedom and that creative, um, relaxation to go recharge. Right. Um, and I think that that is also one of the biggest challenges of people working in corporate or like a full-time job, um, is who work in marketing is they just like your boss sometimes will demand like, Hey, come up with the next best idea. Like go do it like right now. And I'm like, it doesn't work that way. Like sometimes the best ideas that I've ever come up with I'm taking a shower or I'm mowing the yard or whatever. And my brain is completely just relaxed and not forced to think creatively. It just happens. Right. Yeah. I heard a podcast or book or or somewhere that explained the science behind that. And it was something about how when you're doing the, uh, those routines that like, you don't think when you're in the shower, you know, okay, well I'll watch this and do my hair and this and that. I think I saw the same thing. I forget where I saw it. I saw the same thing. There's some psychology behind where your mind just goes through like, or your, your body's going through a routine and you're sort of in this zone. Exactly. Um, It's like opens up a different part of your brain. And then that's when you're like, Oh, that thing I was thinking about three days ago, I just thought of the funniest thing for it. Yep. And then you're like super excited and oh, figure it out. And so I guess we should all just like mow the lawn or take showers every day for five hours. <laughs> Everybody would be so much more Cheers creative answer. if they just yeah. showered all day long. Yeah. So you were, I mean, you had it, let's see, you monetized it. Uh, but was it like enough to sustain like full time 
living, pay the bills? It was, but it um I I don't know because it kind of got I I stopped doing my job at uh, NC State in October and by December my friend Mark had signed me up for something called Fire Festival. And then I went to that in April. <laughs> and after that, like a lot of stuff happened. So I don't know. Like it was, I made enough money, you know, to pay the bills and, and like as a company. But the company, if, if I were to say in the beginning that my company was like, you're a publishing company or a media company that you're just going to put out like real news content. Like I didn't plan to do that either. I was making fun of the TVJ. And then this reporter yeah. came out of the blue and was like, I'll, I'll do this for you. I do this for this other side. I'll do it for you. And then it's like, well, wait, now we can sell sponsorships on that. And so, but all, like, I, I think if fire hadn't happened, I would have just continued to, to work on it. So I think it, it would have, I would have made it that work in terms yeah. of like, I need to have this much money to, to whatever. So that's what I would have done. But yeah. So I want to get to fire, but I also real quick want to ask you, what is the intern that worked for you up to these days? IT Blake, uh, he is in Denver. He's in okay. now. So he moved way outside the belt line. He did. He's he's on assignment right now. Um, he's still yeah. under contract. Uh, yeah, he's he went to to school and then unfortunately was one of the like maybe a sophomore or junior during the pandemic. Oh and yeah, he had taken a gap year, and so like. He finally got to go travel, but he loves traveling. Met a nice uh, young woman that, that they're dating. I think they've lived together. I think they're out in Denver together. Um, but yeah, he's like doing something in marketing, I think. So, okay. Blake was like, he always, was a character. He was. We had no idea what to do with it. And that was another thing. Like, I have a problem saying no. So I went on some podcast and was like, they're like, what is the thing you need? And I was like, I need some freaking interns or something, you know, like yeah. I can't have any time. And somebody listened to it at Broughton where I went to high school and they, um, they're like, Hey, we have interns. I was like, Oh, how much are they? You don't have to pay them. Yeah. Yeah. It's an intern. Um, but I'm also bad at delegating and like asking for things. So his job should have been like, go get my lunch and do what an intern does. Um, but I didn't, I was like, what would you like to write Blake? And then you would try to write something and I'd be like, well, this is terrible. And I couldn't tell him that. Don't I hope Blake isn't watching. You just it. did. <laughs> you just did. But sorry, Blake. Uh, yeah. I mean, what it, like he, he had no background in that. I don't know why I tried to be like, yeah, you should write this. Right. Like, like that was dumb on my part, but we quickly learned like he is the most entertaining person when he, you just stick a camera on him and you're like, yep. Hey, I remember that just do dumb stuff. And that is when it got like just massively, I was like, maybe my goal is just make this random 17 year old, like famous in Raleigh. Sure yeah. enough, he gets spotted. Like his head doesn't fit through the door anymore. Like <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, he, I feel like the era of ITB Blake or IT Blake is, I feel like where some of the most, interesting catchy content came from in terms of i mean like he was what he dressed up like the spiffy penguin and do all sorts of stuff 
And yeah. you're just like, okay. Cause, and I don't know. I mean, he must, he's from right inside the belt line if he was at Broughton. Right. So <laughs> he lived like, no? wait, I can't remember where, but it was like, we, we had to keep that secret close. Like, Oh no. Well, um, I was going to say he looked and felt like a true insider. Yeah. I mean, he really did. Yeah. So that was perfect. Cause he had that look. Um, <laughs> all right. Firefest. Yeah. So for those who don't know, and I mean, I, how can you not know, but it's the biggest failure of a festival ever. There's been documentaries. Um, what Billy was what he's out now, but he was in jail. The guy that like started it, yeah. was it a uh, Jay Z or Ja Rule? Ja Rule. Ja Rule was a part of this tons of money that got swindled out of people. Um, but you were there, you went and got stranded on the Island, right? Yeah. All marks. Like Lord of the flies style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. After, I think what really took off for you is you were like live streaming or live tweeting the whole thing. And I'm assuming like reporters started reaching out to you because they're like, what's going on? Like you're there, you're locked in. I think I remember like your, one of your photos of like the, the airport, you guys were all like locked in the airport. You were taking photos of the food. So what was promised was this glorious villas and, you know, beautiful people and scenery and, and music, right? It was supposed to be a music festival, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And so like Blink-182, right? Or like maybe were the supposed to be there and then like that was not even real. And um, so basically everybody got conned into spending thousands of dollars to go to this island, to go to this festival that basically was a grilled cheese sandwich in a tent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what happened to you after like, cause that was like, I mean, you kind of become, became somewhat famous, right? Like, yeah. And that was again, like leaving my job, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mark tells me we got to go to fire festival. And right around that time, the end of 2016, I'm seeing influencers and I'm seeing like, like just the early stages of like, wait a minute, that, that person just posts, a picture of their outfit and then puts it on like yeah. it to know it, which a lot of people didn't know existed. And then they can, I'm like, this is, this isn't incredible. Like I wish I could do like at the, I don't think anybody's buying, you know, like handbags for me, but I was just like, man, you never know. If I were like a 24 year old, like that, this would be crazy. Like this is, yeah. this is and so, but I still thought like, Oh, well, I'll make fun of the influencer thing. Like, right. Like William Needham Finley now wants to be an influencer. And the joke is, yeah, I had 4,000 followers. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm just some guy. But I would, like, tweet, like, heading up to the Fire Festival, I would tweet at Ray-Ban. I'd be like, hey, I need some new tortoiseshell wayfarers. Like, I'm going to Fire Festival. It's like, yeah, of course what's up? Hit me up, yeah. But I just thought, like, that whole culture was, and it was so different. It was so early, early stage back then. But there were still elements that I thought, oh, I can kind of poke fun at. Poke fun at myself, too. And, um, so that was sort of how I like justified going. Plus, I mean, Mark wasn't going to let me say no. And I thought at least it'll be a five nights in the Bahamas and yeah. at the time. I mean, yeah. what could go wrong? Yeah. And, and it really wasn't that expensive at the time. I think the, the ticket was a thousand dollars. Um, and it was four nights 
in the Bahamas, all your food, your flight, all that stuff. It was only later when we added on this like VIP package that it got a little became, higher. So all yeah. in, I think I spent like a little between four and five thousand dollars on the okay. on the thing, which is still like concerts, food yeah. and beverage, free alcohol, like all that stuff. Yeah, it's pricey, but it's like it's not. It's what you would spend to go. Yeah, I mean to the Bahamas, right? Yeah. So. And the number that that the media reported, which was just one of the numbers you see on the website, was like twelve. So they thought everybody spent twelve thousand dollars to go, and then there were packages that were like fifty thousand, which weren't real, yeah. and, uh, all that stuff. But so there, that was a little like blown out of proportion that everybody. Some people I met got theirs on Groupon for like five hundred dollars. So, yeah. but we get there and it's just a, a disaster. And I brought some extra battery chargers because they were like, fire's a chance to unplug. I'm like, no, it's not like I have to get content. I'm here to be an influencer. Yeah. And, um, so I brought, brought all these extra batteries and, and I just started just taking pictures and videos of everything. Cause I was like, this is again with no idea that like, Ooh, this will be on the news. I was just like, this, this is what's happening. Right. Um, and I was tweeting it and then it started getting picked up and you get DMS from, um, f- from reporters and they're asking, are you there? And this and that. And, and I just, just answering everybody. What, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. Yeah. So I'm just sort of like, well, when are we going to get to leave and what's going to, and so we finally get out. And I, I think as we were getting on the plane, I, I did the thing you were talking about. And I was like, you'll be hearing from Stacy Miller, you know, when we get out of here. So, um, <laughs> and, and, and all the while, like we'd been awake for, for a long time and when people would interview me like by we landed at like six o'clock at night the whole on the island in the airport all that stuff kind of wrapped up by like 10 a.m the next morning but by three o'clock in the morning on the plane is when you're talking to like a reporter at cnn and they're like and your name's william needham finley and i'm like yep kind of <laughs> like i'm too tired to explain satire i didn't think like I didn't understand that she was about to like write my name in a story and be like, "Yeah, William Needham Finley the Fourth stated that they were out of cheese." And did they you know, did they do that? You didn't. Exp- you just let them go with it, right? Yeah, I didn't know. It was probably a little irresponsible of me, but I never really. I didn't think of what was happening, and so I did that. So if you look in the Washington Post, the New York Times, and blah blah blah, it's just. William Needham Finley said, William Finley said. <laughs> Hailing from inside the belt line. <laughs> and so they all were doing that. And it wasn't until we landed in uh, in Miami at like 11 in the morning that somebody from NPR called. And they were like, so so your name isn't William Needham Finley. And I'm like, nah, it's not. Like, like yeah. you know, like I'm Wait not going to lie to you. Uh, yeah. And, and they'd figured it out. Um, and so – and, and then some people started picking it up as just Seth, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was nuts. And, and as for perspective, like that Twitter account before I left the William Eden Finley account had about four or 5,000 followers. When I got back, it was like 13,000 followers. The amount that I would tweet per month, I would get about 400 to 500,000 impressions on all my tweets for, for the month that, that month, which really was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then that month uh, was 55 million impressions. Jeez. <laughs> and they're all in that like four day span, you know? And That's so insane. I would say, so, yeah. Have they hung around? 
Um, yeah, I think I still have like eleven thousand followers. That's not, yeah. Off. Uh, That's not, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, I have That's not tweeted crazy. as much as I used to, but um, but yeah, it uh, that was great. And then Instagram, I think, was the same. Maybe like three or four thousand followers, and then it went up to twelve thousand. And those images that I had, I don't know if they do like monthly impressions, but those images were like hundreds of thousands of views. That's where nuts. A thousand or whatever. Now, uh, were you in the documentary? I can't remember. I was in the Netflix one and the Hulu one, and um, I actually ended up working on the Netflix one. Uh, I didn't know I was doing that. I just sort of was working on it. Like, like I became friends with the director Chris Smith, and he was like, "Come up to New York. Like, you know more about this than anybody." Because I wanted to do a podcast. Uh, about it right this was before we even knew billy was like guilty i was like this is funny yeah and the whole goal of like i'm gonna go out and do my own thing was like fine like itb would be the step to the next thing right you can't run a media company based on raleigh for the next 50 right so like yeah uh, it'll lead to the next thing and i'm like well that's good maybe i can do like a funny it's not william and family it's just seth telling you this story on a podcast five episodes about what happened like maybe we can find some some nuggets of, of this, whatever. And then that just like, we had no idea what was about to happen with Billy's second scam that I also kind of accidentally uncovered where he was selling tickets to Taylor Swift and Victoria's secret fashion show and like tickets he didn't have. Um, so, so anyway, like I thought we would do a podcast. Um, and I forgot where I was going with that. Uh, well, basically kind of what happened after that. I mean, just like building oh, upon. Oh, so that's why I knew everything. So, so when I talked yeah. to Chris, I had all of this, I've been looking at court records and this and that. And so Chris was like, you, and I had all the emails of like, and this is when they did this. And, and when Chris interviewed me the very first time I told him all about this, that I wanted to do a podcast. And when they interview a lot of these other people, they're just normal people who went to this thing and they yeah. were like, here's my story. That's it. But I'm like, oh, well, they, yeah, and this date, this happened and that and that. And he's like, oh, okay. Um, so we reconnect. Then, then he comes and films in Raleigh. And, and I had all this stuff for him. And we like read read through everything and all this stuff. And he's like, come come up to New York in September. Like I, I want you to, to like be in the office, right? It's just we're finishing up this documentary. And so I go and I do that. And I'm like watching this cut of the movie and then there you are. I'm, yeah. And, and like we kind of Chris had all these other things Like they originally wanted to do like a eight episode show out of this. Um, but I was like kind of doing some research and then I watched the cut of the film. I had to go leave. Uh, Chris wasn't there. I go to the airport and I just tried to like remember everything and write out what I thought about it, which I don't know what caused me to do that. He's like a incredibly talented award winning yeah. director. And I'm like, Hey Chris, here's my notes. Yeah. I, I was giving notes. I didn't know what giving your, notes was. Watch yeah. your, watch your film, bud. Uh, yeah. Wrote a few things down. You might yeah. want to consider. So I just sat there and it was just like stuff to me that I was like, well, that was, that was confusing to me. You know, like if we're showing this, then that hasn't happened, but this is this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Wrote like three or four pages of that. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just like, man, this might help him. And I just sent it to him and he called me the next day and he was like, Seth, this is, thank you so much. Like, 
Yeah. All right. And, and then like, I get he, and, and so we just stayed in touch and kept working on stuff. And, and, um, later on I, I had to go up maybe a year later to do something else for him or no, for something else. And, and he was like, Oh, you're in town come by the office. I want you to watch this show we're doing for Netflix. So, okay, cool. And so I go in this room and watch the first episode and I get out and he's like, Hey, Seth, this is the, the director. I've got to leave. I'm the executive producer. This is the director. And he, and he looks at her and he goes, Seth worked with me on fire. Um, he, he's going to like give you some notes on this. And she's like, Oh, great. Cool. And it was Tiger King. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Uh, I have so many questions. Like, yeah. and I sat there. He's like, What are you doing the rest of the day? I was like, Nothing. Like, I, I have nothing to do. I'm, I'm working on Tiger I, King, evidently. And, and he's like, Okay. And they just sent me the next like six episodes. And I just sat in his office and just was like, Who are these people? What is happening? And I just wrote down my thoughts. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know if they made any changes or anything, but I, I was like, This is the coolest thing ever. And then sure enough, yeah. Out, and I, and, I was like, this is gonna be the biggest thing on Netflix. And that was without knowing it was huge. Pandemic. But but yeah, that was one of those things where it's like I didn't have a I don't know what giving notes is, you know, like um but yeah, so that all happened and I started doing more um stuff on fire, but at the same time I was still doing all the ITB insider stuff and like um that that was like where it became too much, you know, like yeah. you're not just writing like a funny article a week. You're like filming this like intern do all this stuff and putting out videos and dealing you're with actually a media company, right? I mean, you're, yeah. you have to think through everything and talk through the skits and set it all up and time it all and get it out there. It becomes, it's your, it's your full-time thing, right? Yeah. And it's, you wake up at six and, and you do You just wake up and you're doing it and then you go to bed yep. at like midnight and you have insomnia and it's not healthy, but everybody's like, this is so great. And you're like, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad start you start like a media company. Well, it's yeah. like those guys, those kids that started morning brew and all those things where it's just like it, it just never stops. And I think that's the other probably cautionary thing that I think people would say about creating content wanting to grow channels and all that, like you have to continue to feed the beast, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you kind of have to, you fall into this trap of, well, you know, I mean, you take YouTube, for example, like you got to upload content every day or every other day to keep the algorithm fed and it's taxing, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's tough to keep up with that. And it turns from, Oh, let me just make some fun content to okay. This feels like work and a job now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's interesting too is like it'd be one thing if if you were like, I'm going to learn how to play basketball, and I know that I'm going to go practice these shots, and I'm going to do this over and over, and I'm going to get better at it just because. But then you go into the to the basketball gym, and it's like, well, the three point line is 15 feet back. And you're now shooting with a bowling ball. That's just how it is. Yep. And like, yeah. no, 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 no. This yeah. is basketball, no. right? Yeah. Like, this is writing. You write, you write long form or you write short form or you like, but now, no, no, no. You're now the basketball is um, a tennis racket. And you're like, so I yep. throw the tennis racket at the goal. It's just like the game changed. And, and, and that, and it changed for like the most capitalistic reasons, right? You know, none of these platforms started out to become the biggest companies. They started yep. out because it's like, 
Facebook didn't start out to like kill anyone. They were like, this is what this is. And then this as it should grew, be a place where people can connect with other classmates. Yeah. And then as right? it grew, it's like, well, we have to kill everyone. We have to kill Snapchat. We have to kill TikTok. <laughs> we have to kill, kill, yeah. kill. And you're like, yep. you can do other stuff. We all don't have to be on Facebook all of the time. Like That's right. And I think when those incentives are, you know, shareholders and, and all of that, like it just like changes everything from from their end and so they're we got to keep people on the app more you gotta yep. you gotta make your reels in instagram you can't edit them and oh yeah man just a little stuff like that it's like well that'll get yep. the users on instagram more so that shows more use and it's like all of it's just like a it's just a smoke and mirrors thing oh yeah I, I hate that man that like you have to make the reel inside of instagram where they just suppress the reach like crazy yeah. Yeah. It's the silliest thing. And people don't know that, right? They're like, I worked really hard on this in this editing software that I know, and then I put it out and nine nothing. Views, you know? <laughs> Nobody, We're blowing up on the line. We are on the line with nine views. Mark, how many hours did you yeah. spend on that reel? I went to school for this. <laughs> right? I have an edge, I have a degree, okay, in film studies, and yeah. I'm getting nine views. Yeah. Um all right, so if uh, last thing, if someone were to be listening to this podcast, and thank you for sticking with us uh, through all the shenanigans on this episode, but if you're still listening, what advice, if they're thinking about starting, creating content, or maybe even going into marketing in general, hit me with one or two nuggets that you of advice that you would give that person. Um. I guess just from my own experience is like you've got to listen when people tell you to have balance, you know, cause like yep. they all said it and I didn't listen and it was really <laughs> easy to not listen because the results are staring you in the face. Well, you did all yep. that and all the numbers are going up and clearly I got to keep doing that, you know? So like I would just say you, you got to take breaks. You can't let this thing, e even if you're not doing content, like I use this so much, my phone so much less than I used to. I don't look at it till like eight in the morning. You know, it used to be, yeah. all right, check it first thing. Like I wake hey, up, up? Yep. don't even look at it. Um, and, and so like just keeping that balance of, you know, go outside, <laughs> like, be in the sunlight. Uh, yeah. Not just about like, oh, I, I'm going to not work on Saturdays. Like every day you have to work at like, get out, yep. Do this. And then that's that. Like, I, because the goalposts will always move. They will always move. And the platforms will always move the goalposts. And I don't know how this ends. <laughs> like, because we've only been doing this for 10 years as a yep. society. Uh, and I really think the goalposts have only started shifting that frequently uh, in the last five years, you know? like Oh, oh yeah. The algorithms have changed more and more frequently over the past three to five years yeah. than they ever did the first yeah. five years. You used to be able to get into a groove of something for like a year. And now it's yep. like, yeah, no, three months now we're going to change. And you're like, yeah, okay. yeah. So find something that you enjoy doing and, and just do it. And don't worry about like you said earlier the the plan just do yep. what you like doing and do it consistently and um I, I think that the rest will come yeah 
No, that's that's perfect advice. Well, man, I appreciate it. This has been so much fun catching yeah. up with you. Even some of the names you mentioned on the podcast brings back a lot of just old Raleigh memories um, from when, I mean, Raleigh's still small, but from when it was like super small, right? And we all ran into each other all over town and people working out of HQ Raleigh. And, yeah. You know, Justin Miller had one follower on WebPix and then he sells it for undisclosed amount of money and now he has, you know, Lamborghinis. It's fine. Um, whatever. We'll get him on the show. But seriously, thank you for coming on. Thank you all for listening. Um, And we will see you next time. Awesome. Thanks a lot.